the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I know what you're trying to say, baby. You're trying to say, oh, yeah, it's business time. Joining me now, Doc Palm. Interesting to hear if he has any takes on the election, tying together Main Street and Wall Street plus the economy. How are you, Mr. Rosen? I'm pretty good. How about yourself? Good. Now, do you prefer to be called Doc Rosen or Dr. Jeffrey Rosen? <laughs> Jeff is fine. Jeff's fine. Oh, good golly. What do you think of those elections last night? Um, I think the Republicans rolled. I think that was pretty much as expected. Uh, I don't think it's going to have much difference on policy. You know, if you've looked at since uh, Obama became president in 2008, you need 60 votes in the Senate to get anything done. You know, that's not going to happen with you know the way it is. And uh, to make things even more harder for the Republicans now that they do control the Senate, you know, you got to override a veto, which is 67 votes, which there's no way they're going to get, and and pretty much anything that goes on. So uh, I, I don't see much, you know, Republican-centric legislation getting passed that could have that much of an effect on uh, overall economic growth. You know, maybe they can get something done on immigration that would be interesting. Uh, maybe they can do something on transportation that would be interesting. But um, any of these partisan-type uh, bills that, uh, you know, kind of feed their own, um, you know, party-centric uh, supporters will probably not get passed. With that said, let's, um, let me ask the, the simple question. As an economist, um, as a financial media journalist, me, it's widely thought that Republicans are better for the economy, Democrats are better for the social fabric of the United States. As an economist, are Republicans better for the economy? You know, if you ask Republican me, ideas, yeah, I mean, if you ask based on what they say and then what they do, you know, a lot of things of what they say are good, but what they actually implement, you know, is not what they say. And it's not saying that Republicans, you know, talk a good word or Democrats talk a good word. It's just the, you know, the fundamentals of, you know, a society or democratic society. You, know, you don't have the autistocrats that would be in charge that you would expect to make, you know, perfect economic policy, so to speak. You know, you have, you know, people in charge that are trying to align their microcosm of a world, you know, their districts or, or whatnot, and support their projects, but it may not be the best project to support for economic growth in the entire country. So, you know, it's more of everyone, you know, you talk a good talk, but it's not necessarily, 
you know, what's going to happen. I mean, what I want to see now is, you know, a transportation bill that can somehow, you know, put a bunch of people to work and get, um, you know, get jobs basically to renew the infrastructure. You know, the IMF came out with a study, uh, I want to say it was last month, that showed that the returns on infrastructure investment are much greater than the cost. Now, you know, you never want to say everything's a free lunch because that's basically what the IMF is saying. But, you know, it's interesting that we can have projects, especially at interest rates, you know, where they currently are, uh, take advantage of them, you know, put these people that are underemployed back to work, get some good jobs out there. And it's for a cause that, you know, it's not just digging a ditch and then filling it back. It's rebuilding bridges that, you know, look like they could fall apart, rebuilding, um, you know, roads and introducing rail systems. It's, it's a good thing for the economy. I'd like to see Keystone done. You know, I don't see – I don't quite understand why the Keystone pipeline isn't um, something that everybody can agree with. You know, we've been transporting oil for, you know, decades now on pipelines, and they're a safe – you know, way of transport. I, I don't see why, you know, this this is taking so long. Except the fact that you know, environmentalists don't want Canada to, to you know, release the oil from the oil sands. But you know, that's not going to happen regardless if uh, Keystone goes or not. So, these are projects that the Republicans, you know, claim to say that they want to do. I'd like to see them implemented. I'd like to see Obama accept these projects because I think they're uh, good for the general economy. Any last commentary you want to throw out about what we saw last night and what you expect? Yeah, I think that we're not going to see anything until January. Let's okay. wait till everyone becomes, uh, you know, that we're elected actually starts sitting in the, on these meetings that are supposed to happen. I don't think the lame duck Congress sessions are going to be very productive, but they're generally not very productive. So let's just, you know, keep our hands, you know, tied and see what we'll see what goes on. I, I don't expect too much out of the new Congress, but. You know, it would be nice to see something. One of the commentaries that I threw out this morning is it's almost going to be tough love or tough luck that the economy seems to be improving slowly but surely. Now that the Republicans control Congress, if the economy continues to improve slowly but surely for the next year or two years, they're going to take credit for it on some levels. I find that kind of noteworthy. Um, And, of course, President Barack Obama will try to take credit for it, but... um, I'm just, I don't know, I'm just talking out the side of my mouth at this yeah, point Yeah, I mean, time. well, it's kind of interesting because I think I read a report on CNBC, or sorry, not CNBC, MSNBC today, talking about how you have record high stock profits, you've grown it, you know, above potential for the last two quarters. Unemployment is at rates that normally are associated with close to full employment, and everyone tells us that the economy sucks. So there's obviously a disconnect between the economic growth factors and mainstream um you know, America. So, you know, where's the growth coming from? Is it, you know, being factored by inequality, which makes it so that we can still grow, but, you know, the spending isn't trickling down to the, uh, you know, middle class consumer, and you're not seeing the wage gains that, you know, you would normally associate with a record high stock price, and especially with, uh, you know, an economy close to full employment. So, you know, it's one of those disconnects where you know things are improving but it's not being felt by you know the middle class and so even though we've seen things get better you know the middle class still isn't seeing it they're they're you know basically sitting on the edge saying i don't understand why you think things are getting better my job still sucks and my pay still sucks we saw a well i'm going to stick with that one for a second because falling short-term unemployment 
could spark wage growth? True, false, or am I off base? It should. I mean, basically what you're saying is that as the unemployment level falls, there's less people um, unemployed, and that should make the wage earners have more control over, you know, the wages because employers are going to have a harder time keeping their current workforce because, you know, as supply tightens on the labor market, you know, people will look at other jobs and, and employers will have to give raises in order to attract the talent. So what's been odd in this recovery is that we've been seeing a very big downward move in the unemployment rate, but we haven't seen anything in income growth. So it's telling us either, A, you know, the unemployment rate really isn't a correct statistic. It's not really where we're at. Or, B, you know, consumers and workers are not demanding wages because they're fearful that if they do demand something, they're going to, you know, get let go, and they don't want to take the chance of, you know, you know, asking for higher pay and facing the consequences if the, uh, you know, if your boss says no. I was noticing the statistics today. Short-term unemployment rate stood at four percent. Long-term unemployment rate is people out of work for more than 27 weeks at 1.9 percent. Um, but short-term unemployment, instead of total unemployment, is the better predicator of wage moves and. I, I feel I'm not going to say I feel good, but I'm giving a thumbs up from a distance to that. I mean, the statistics all show things that are getting you know much much better. The question is, are the statistics correct? Now, and the one problem with the unemployment rate is that it doesn't include discouraged workers. So if you've left the labor force, you know we don't see you. You're gone. It, it makes no effect. So we're left with a, um, a population employment level that you know doesn't. You know, isn't impacted by discouraged workers, is still really, really low. And especially if you look at the important, um, which call key uh, or main wage earners, the ages of 24 to 54. You know, those people are not employed at the same rate as they were in the past, which makes it seem that the wage growth that you know the unemployment rate is expecting may not come for some time still. Anything else that you're looking at today that I saw the services numbers look pretty good? Anything that you're looking at that you want to comment on in your last minute here? Yeah, I think that uh, the service numbers were fine. I mean, I have a really hard time dealing with the ISM numbers. I mean, if you looked at the ISM manufacturing report, you had a really nice recovery after a one-month dip. But if you looked at all the regional manufacturing reports put out by the Fed, uh, you know, it showed a slowdown in, in manufacturing growth. If you looked at it in September, you had the opposite. You had all the regional surveys showing improvements, and then the ISM pulled back. So it's really difficult to get a judge on where the economy is based on the um, these ISM surveys. Same thing with uh, consumer surveys and consumer sentiment and stuff like that. I try to, to keep away from that. I'm really interested in seeing what happens on Friday with the employment report. You know, we've had an unemployment – or sorry, the initial claims level – hit 260 this month, we've had some really impressive numbers. People are not getting laid off. You know, normally we would expect to see payroll gains. You know, I'm expecting 275,000, and, and really when I was putting my forecast together, I thought that was light uh, based on where the initial claim numbers were and based on just overall trends. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw something in the 300,000 range based on those claims levels. So I, I really want to see how things move. And, uh, you know, if we don't see a big payroll gain, I'd really like to see how the average hourly earnings go. So if we have low payroll gains, it could be because there's just not enough people in the in the um, 
you know, available to work, which would boost, you know, require that boost in, in gotcha. uh, wages. I could talk to you all day. Thanks for your time and your efforts and your smarts. It's Dr. Jeff Rosen, Chief Economist with Briefing.com, an unbiased source of information, independent live market analysis, U.S., international, and, of course, all about the economy as well. I'm Rob Black. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.